God. I'm ready for the bread of life that will feed my soul tonight. God bless you. Come and take your liberty tonight. Thank you, Pastor Reagan. Amen. You guys can stay up here and give me some gravy here for a minute. I'm, I'm not going to have Sister Pearson sing tonight. Um, put some gravy on it, as they would say, <laughs> on the preaching. I don't know. But uh, if you would turn in your Bibles with me to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. <clears throat> I want to, once again, I can't, I can't say it enough, but I want to honor, want to honor Pastor Riggin. And uh, I didn't realize how long we were going to be staying here when we first came, but uh, it's just been an honor. And uh, I, I felt privileged to be able to get to know your pastor <clears throat> and, uh, just getting to know him and all that's going on and all that he's a part of. I'm all, as your pastor already mentioned, I'm in one of his classes that he teaches. So I know that there is a more qualified voice to be up here tonight. And so I do not take the invitation lightly to step behind this pulpit and bring the word of God. And, uh, but I know this, that if God would move tonight, Amen. If God's spirit would just move tonight. Amen. I, 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 I don't have a fancy sermon to preach to you tonight. But if his spirit would be here in this place. Amen. If his spirit would move in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, we need him in this hour. We need him in this hour. Amen. But I also give honor to Sister Riggin and... Uh, for all the meals that she has prepared for us. Boy, I don't know how, I don't know how Brother Riggin fasts. He must have to leave the house, you know. Um, but <laughs> if you're on a diet and you go to their house and she's preparing a meal, you might as well just be, be prepared to quit. So uh, yeah, cake we had the other day, I was, that was amazing. But um, So thank you so much for your hospitality and... Uh, and it's also been good to get to know um, Brother Jared Hilton. Uh, it's been good to meet you in person. I, he's helping out with that class that I'm in. And I didn't realize the tech savvy that he really was helping out Pastor Riggin with, with that class. And I got to go and sit in in person. And I, I was astounded by just how, how nice and well done it was, how professional it's set up. So, But also, just I, I like your spirit. And it's good to get to know you, Brother Hilton. Amen. <clears throat> But 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 21. And I want to say I'm thankful for my wife. I, I give honor to my wife. And uh, I, I really don't know what I'd be without her. Without her and Jesus, I don't know what I'd be. <laughs> she may not be my right hand of power, but she's definitely the uh, right hand of stability and right-mindedness. It gets me back on track. <laughs> so I am so thankful for my wife and my daughter. So thankful. Amen. First Kings chapter 18 and verse 21 says, Elijah came unto all the people. Here he's in Mount Carmel, and this is a very familiar portion of Scripture where we know that uh, he calls down fire from heaven. We know that part of the Scripture well. But here Elijah, Elijah says, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. And I have one more portion of scripture to read to you. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 15. And uh, many of us could quote this verse. It says, 
If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day. Make up your mind whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, where we will serve the Lord. <laughs> How long halt ye between two opinions? Choose you this day whom you will serve. I'm going to preach from this subject tonight, the day of salvation. If you would close your Bibles and let's let's pray in Jesus' name. Oh, how strongly I feel in the Holy Ghost to preach this tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, if I could really portray to you tonight what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Oh, what I felt in prayer. Amen. Amen. Even when we were in pre-service prayer. Oh, I felt the Holy Ghost moving. Oh, I felt His Spirit moving. If somebody would pray that His Spirit would move. Oh, one more time, God, would you have mercy on us? Oh, Lord, would you humble us, Jesus, one more time, God? Oh, Lord, to hear your voice, God, hallelujah, to hear your word, God, and to get it in our hearts. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Holy Ghost flow tonight, Holy Ghost flow. Oh, come on, let's pray, let's pray, hallelujah. Oh, I feel an urgency in the Holy Ghost to pray. Oh, I feel a birthing taking place. Amen. There's a birthing that is going to happen tonight. Amen. But it's only going to happen by a fervency in the Holy Ghost and an urgency of what God wants to do. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, is there somebody that wants to approach tonight? That wants to approach his throne Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, you may be seated, but please stay in the spirit of prayer. And Jesus. Oh, man, hallelujah. I just want to jump right into it, but I got to slow down and <clears throat> lay down some groundwork for this thing. I've been reading a book and, uh, about John Adams, and uh, in this book I read how John Adams was not born into royalty. He was not born into uh, a wealthy family or, or, or rich roots, but he came from more common roots, and his, his, he was born on a farm, and <clears throat> so his father, was, his father was a farmer, and uh, he helped out on the farm, and but his father always wanted him to go to take um, further education. He wanted him to go to college to further his education, something that actually meant something back in that day. Um, but his father wanted him to go, but he would always say, I just want to be a farmer just like you, Dad. I just want to be, I just, I just want to do what you've done. And uh, his father wanted him to take his uh, direction in life somewhere else than to be a father. So... His father took him out in the field with him one day when he was fairly young. I cannot remember how old he was, but he took him out in the field, and, and he worked his fingers to the bone. And if anybody here has ever worked on a farm or if you've ever worked uh, with farmers before, you know, because my, my, my grandfather and my uncle are farmers, and I've went and helped them before, and I, I know how hard the work is, and they work early in the morning to late at night, and I'm sure... 
his father took him out and worked his fingers to the bone. He went and probably it was some back-breaking work. And so afterwards, his father asked him, he, or maybe not that day, but after that time or after that day, he had asked his son, do you still want to be a farmer? And John Adams replied, he said, yes. But if you read in his journals, it said that he, he really had made up his mind after that day. He said, I don't want to be a farmer. <laughs> And we can joke about that because, you know, it's hard work. But, um, but the wisdom of his father made him make a decision. And so we know the rest of the story. We know that John Adams would go on to become an attorney. And, and the story is that he went to further his education like his father wanted him to. And we know the rest of the story that he became a writer and he was a diplomat. And, of course, we know that he was the second president of the United States, an American statesman and a founding father of this country that we live in. Oh, but if, if we could just peel back time, if we could peel it back and go back to that moment or go back before the moment that he worked out in that that those fields that day with the backbreaking work and where his father worked his fingers to the bone and we could see uh, if he would have just stayed on the current path uh, that he wanted to go if he would have just just chosen to be a farmer and I'm not saying that being a farmer is is anything unimportant um I've come from a history of farmers but if we see if he would have made that decision to be a farmer I wonder what his life would have been like I wonder where his life would have taken him if he would have just chosen to be a farmer. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, and if we know now, we know now that John Adams helped fan the flames of freedom and liberty in those days. And we know now that John Adams played a key role in the formation of this country that we live in. But I wonder what would have happened if we could go back and if he would have just chosen to be a farmer. Hallelujah. Oh, I believe that we find ourselves not in the same shoes as John Adam, uh, literally as making a decision to be either a farmer or to be an American statesman and to be a politician. But I, I wonder if sometimes we find ourselves in our walk with God at times where we are at decision points where we have to make decisions and make choices that will affect the rest of our life. Oh, hallelujah. Not to just become a lawyer and not to be, or whether to become a farmer uh, or not to just whether I'm going to become a statesman or to become this other profession uh, or a public speaker. Uh, but we find ourselves uh, in spiritual decision points uh, that will govern the direction and the future of our life. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we've got to get close to Jesus. We've got to get close to his spirit. We've got to get close to him in prayer. We've got to understand what this book is really about. Amen. We've got to fall in love with Jesus. When I was in class, your pastor said it this way. He said, you don't leave what you love. And I'm sure you've heard him say that, but you won't leave what you love. Oh, we've got to fall in love with it Amen. We've got to become close-knit in our relationship with Jesus. Amen. So that when we come to decision points, so that when we have to make choices that will govern the rest of our life, that we make the right decision.
Oh, hallelujah. The reason that in this world we live in today, if you look at the news, you can be, or that people can be so easily deceived and that uh, people can uh, be lied to just uh, in mass is because they have no uh, grounding in truth. There is no grounding in truth anymore. What is truth? We, we've removed it in the U.S. of A. We've removed truth so far from the mainstream. We've removed it from the search engines. We've removed truth from the schools. We've removed truth from the justice system. And if I dare say, even the Christendom world that is around us, modern Christianity has removed truth from the church house. Oh. Oh, hallelujah. Everywhere you turn is only deceit and lies. Amen. That's why we have to be connected. That's why we have to be interwoven. Amen. With truth. Amen. You don't think that that understanding the Godhead matters. You don't think that understanding why we baptize in Jesus' name matters. You don't think we're, uh, you don't understand why. Amen. We need the Holy Ghost to make it to heaven. You don't understand the scriptures for that. Amen. You can be deceived real easily. It's time that we connect with God. Oh, it's time. Hallelujah. Oh, that we allow the seeds of the word to be planted deep. Amen. Into our hearts. Oh, amen. I believe that in the day we're living in, our Christian lives are going to be tested. I believe that there are going to there are moments coming up, amen, that may test our our decision and our fortitude to live for God. Amen. I believe that that is coming. Amen. And it's time we start viewing ourselves differently. It's time we start viewing the decisions that we make differently. Amen. They are important decisions. They are important choices. It's not just something I just throw a coin and pick just one way or another. But we better have the spiritual wherewithal and the spiritual perspective to see where God wants us to be in this hour we live in. Hallelujah. Oh, we're not just a ragtag group of people barely surviving, but we need to be the children of God. Amen. But it comes with a caveat. Being a child of God comes with a caveat. We've got to choose rather to live and abide in the spirit than to live in the flesh. It says in the word of God, if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, amen, you want to stop, amen, the things, you want to stop certain things in your life, you want to get deliverance from things in your life, you got to be in the Spirit. That's how you mortify the deeds of the world. That's how you mortify the deeds of the flesh, amen, is to get more of the Holy Ghost. It says, ye shall live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Oh, I want to be a son of God. And it says this, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Oh, we're children of God. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Oh, hallelujah, and if, hallelujah, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, somebody worship God right now.
Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, we can become children of the God or of God, and we can become children and receive the spirit of adoption, and we can receive amen power, we can receive all the blessings that come with it. But we have got to put ourselves up for adoption. We've got to remove ourselves from the other option. We've got to push off the flesh. We've got to cut off the flesh. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, moment after moment, decision after decision, and battle by battle. We've got to live for God in this day and age we live in. We've got to start making good decisions. Oh, hallelujah, the purview of our society is just fit in with the world. Just, just, just fit the mold that has been given to you. Those generational curses, you just, I guess that's just a part of your life. I guess you just have to live what the world has designed you to live. Oh, hallelujah. But as soon as you, amen, make up your mind, as soon as you try to make a decision to live for God, I'm telling you, it's then when the world will say, hey, what are you doing? Or, or, or it, they, they try to preach that, oh, you can be different and you can be yourself and you can be unique. But as soon as you make a decision to live for God, amen, they say, don't go against the grain of the world. Amen. The, the world says you don't need to repent. You don't need to cut off the flesh. Oh, just keep living the way you're living. But my Bible says in Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I want to live like the Bible says. I don't want to live in this quasi half free, half in bondage state. Amen. But I want to make a change. I want to make a decision. I want to make a choice. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to be converted. Hallelujah. I want to return to God. I want to return to the life that I should be living in Christ. Oh, hallelujah. There's a song, a popular song that came out in, in 2008. It was called Stand Out. And uh, I'm not necessarily a fan of all the other songs he sings. But he mentions some things in that, in that song that are but a whisper compared to the things that are going on now. They're but a whisper. And the world is just saying, assimilate with us. Just fit in. Just, just uh, you, you can live your life in the church. You can, you can go to church and still be best friends with that friend you have at work. And, and you can still be on the in crowd at work. And you can still cuss and swear at work and do all those things you do at work. It's okay. Uh, amen. Uh, hallelujah. But we've got to make a change. Amen. We've got to stand out. Hallelujah, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord is going to raise up a standard. And I want to be behind that standard. Amen, marching step in step with what God wants me to be. Amen, in the army that he's called me to be a part of. Oh, Satan would love you to stand in between this decision and this decision. Never making up your mind. Never setting a clear destination. Amen, which is should be heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. But we've got to have our focus on Jesus in these times. Oh, because life-altering decisions come our way. Amen. And they could either bring about a lifetime worth of regret and sorrow. 
or rather rejoicing and gratefulness. Oh, we can't take the we can't take for granted the importance of just one moment. Oh, the adversary would have you believe that there are no significant moments in your life, that it is just a conglomeration of random events that happen to you at at just random times uh, that you cannot change your life in just one moment that you can't make a decision to live for God in just one moment uh, but let me tell you this he is a liar because uh, if if the devil can use just a few of your weak moments uh, he'll destroy your life oh and he'll set you on a course uh, to rebuilding everything that you've built up. If he can just take a few weak moments and a few poor choices, he'll destroy your life. Oh, hallelujah. That's why it's so important that we live close to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my. Amen. The importance of just one church service. The importance of just one prayer meeting. The importance of just one time with God. Maybe just praying at the foot of your bed when you feel God calling you. You see, I, my wife and I enjoy taking Felicity to the zoo. And we enjoy, we've, we've always enjoyed that. My wife likes animals. And uh, I, I was raised, we never had any animals. So you can probably figure out how that goes. But... Uh, but we do enjoy going to the zoo and, and looking at, you know, the different animals they have there. And it's, it's always a lot of fun. But it's interesting as Felicity has gotten older, it's more fun to go to the zoo with her. Because she understands, like, oh, this is an elephant. This is the, the largest land animal that there is on the planet, like, standing in front of me. Like, wow, this is amazing. Amen. But... <clears throat> And I've even got a picture of her just sitting on the wall next to that plexiglass, right next to a Bengal tiger, one of the most fierce predators known to this world. And and she was really young in that picture. And she's like off, almost seeming to look at like squirrels or like gophers or birds. And I'm like, Felicity, don't you understand? There is a, a... a wild, or could be a wild, they're probably domesticated because they're not domesticated, but they're in a zoo. But one of the most fierce predators on the earth is sitting right next to you, right on the other side of that glass. Don't you understand the value of what's in front of you? And I believe, amen, that's how it is sometimes with decisions we are making, with with the crossroads of life at a fork in the road. Sometimes we're just walking along, and if we are not having spiritual discernment in our lives to understand the value of decisions and the value of choices that we are making, amen, we can just walk on not even understanding, just staring off at this thing and that thing, letting the distractions of the world just carry us away and And not choosing, uh, amen, the will of God in our life. uh, And God is saying, I'm wanting to use you. uh, I'm wanting to call you out. uh, I'm wanting to set you up. uh, But you're just wandering around. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm sure John Adams, uh, when he was in that moment, uh, when he went out to that field to work that day, he did not understand uh, 
the importance of that moment. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, his father knew the importance of that moment. And he was saying, you've got to make a decision. You've got to make up your mind. Oh, and oh, the wisdom of the, the father, amen, that is trying to guide us, amen, and trying to push us. You've got to make up your mind. You've got to make a choice. You can't stay here forever. You've got to either get close to me or you've got to walk this way. You've got to make up your mind. Oh, we've got to understand, just like Felicity, uh, next to that tiger, uh, do, do you understand the value of the decision, or are you just wandering away, uh, looking at other things? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, in Jesus' name, Joel chapter 3 and verse 14 says, multitudes, uh, multitudes uh, in the valley of decision for the day of the Lord uh, is near in the valley. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, on the mountaintop, it's easy to make decisions. On the mountaintop, our vision is clear. On the mountaintop, we can see where everything is at, and, and we see it clearly. Maybe when we come to church and we feel the Holy Ghost, and we feel the presence of God as it moves, amen, but we go home and we might feel a little cold and, and maybe distracted by other things, amen, in the valley, but usually in the valley is where the important decisions are made. Oh, we need to be thankful in this hour that we live in for pastors. Amen. The watchman on the wall, Ezekiel 3 and verse 17 says, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word of my mouth and give them warning for me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, when we hear the anointed word come from this pulpit. Amen. We should take heed because we might be hearing, uh, amen, warnings from God saying, uh, come on, take heed. I'm trying to direct you. Uh, I'm trying to push you. I'm trying to challenge you. Uh, I'm trying to work you into my will and into my calling. Uh, but you just don't understand the value of the decision that's in front of you. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, and sometimes when we face decisions in the valley, Sometimes it's easy just to make uh, the, 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 take the path uh, of least resistance. And sometimes we just make the easy decision uh, because uh, carrying it out and following that plan is just easy in the moment. Hallelujah. Oh, businesses and corporations do what is called a planned obsolescence. And if any of you have taken business classes, you might have heard of this. Uh, but it's a business strategy in which... Uh, obsolescence or let me define that word it means the process of becoming obsolete so obsolescence of a product is planned and built into it from its conception by the manufacturer I'm telling you the world is manufacturing many paths and many many plans for you to follow and many many ways in which you can go and many roads which you can travel down that are flashy and they're colorful and they're different sizes and different shapes and different materials and different trends that you can follow but they all have one thing in common they have an expiration date on them oh Oh, the devil wants to take you into the lake of fire with him. And he wants you to share in his, uh, in his eternal punishment. 
Oh, so he's devised these different plans, uh, amen, that change colors, uh, and they change sizes, and they change shapes, uh, and they're always shifting, and they're always something more fun, uh, and always something more entertaining, uh, amen, always, but, and they may have even a different price tag on it, uh, amen, that path you're following now may have a, a better income, and may have a better uh, uh, dollar sign above it, uh, but it may not be God's will. Hallelujah. Oh, and so sometimes in the valley of decision, amen, we just choose the easy option. We just choose the path of least resistance. But God is calling, saying, can't you see there's an expiration date on that plan? There's an expiration date on that means of travel you're in now. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2, Paul here. This is where I get my title from. He says, he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation, I have secured thee. I might be pronouncing that wrong. It's an old English word, but it means, amen, I've ran to your help. I can run to you when you call to me. If you implore me and ask me, I will be there. Amen. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, God is calling to us. He's trying to shout to us. He's trying to send messages to us. When we are in the valley of decision saying, won't you heed my voice? Don't just take the easy option. Don't just choose the easy path. Hallelujah. Jesus knows, or the scripture says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I have for you, which are good thoughts. Amen. To have an expected end. Amen. His ending doesn't have an expiration date on it. God's plan doesn't have an expiration date. But sometimes, amen, it's not always the flashy option. It's not always the option with the most income. It's not always the option with the easy route. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, in this day and we hour, in this day and hour we live in, we've got to implore God and ask him for his help. Amen. For when we are in the valley, for when we need to make decisions and at life-altering points in our life that we make the right decisions. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Oh. I'm afraid that sometimes the easiest option has the hardest outcome. It may seem easy now, amen, but the devil's plan is to ruin your life. Only by God's mercy can we make the right decisions. I'm telling you, we are so weak and we are so fickle. Our flesh can be so easily deceived. Hallelujah, we've got to be in the spirit Oh, hallelujah. And many of us can, can remember moments. And Pastor Riggin was even talking about it in class. And moments when we got revelation of the oneness of God. And moments, amen, where God changes forever. A lot of times many of us can look back to specific moments and unique and particular days and times. Maybe even a particular place where God touched us and he healed us. And he said, look, I've got a better plan for you. And he called us. Many times in the Bible it says, uh, it mentions specific days. It says it came to pass on a day. 
There are, if, I, if, I get, if I'm getting this right, there are 36 times in the Bible where it mentions specific days. It came to pass on the third day. Or it came to pass on the 37th year of the 12th month of the 20th day of the King Jehoiakim. You see that in the Bible because there are moments in our life where things happen. Uh, where we've got to be spiritually attuned uh, to make the right decision. Oh, hallelujah, Lord, help me. Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, what that means is there are moments uh, where God is really trying to work us over, uh, where God's really trying to help us, uh, where God is really trying to get us back uh, on track and get us back in his plan. And when we feel the closeness of God, uh, amen, don't, don't shy away from it. Uh, don't be timid to it. Uh, amen. But take advantage of those moments uh, and take advantage of those times uh, for they are precious. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 26 says, uh, this is Jacob here. He said, or no, this is the angel speaking. He says, let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, I will not let thee go uh, except thou bless me. Oh, for Jacob, you see, Jacob was just in another valley. He may not have even realized the importance of that moment. Oh, hallelujah. He was just desperate. He was just in need of a touch from God. Amen. He didn't realize the value and the importance of just that one moment where he would get a name change, where in the entire nation of Israel, amen, would take their namesake from, amen. But he didn't realize that he was just in the valley. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, but he said, I'm not letting go of you until I get my blessing. I'm not letting go until I find direction. He was so, he didn't know what, where to go. He didn't know what to do. He had put all of his possessions out there. He had put all of his family out there. It was just him and God. And he said, Lord, I need help. I need direction. I need, I need sustenance right now. There's nothing. I don't feel like I have anything to go on, Lord. Help me. Oh, there's times we just need to keep praying even when we don't feel it. Amen. They say even when we feel, sometimes maybe even we've prayed before. And it's happened to me where I've even come and prayed and I've, I've sought God. And I even feel like I know God never leaves us. But I even feel like the moment was passing and I was like, no, no, I've, I've got to talk to God. I've got to get help from God. Amen. And I just prayed and just prayed until, amen, something transpired. Oh, I'm here to preach to someone today. Oh, I feel this. Even if life hasn't been fair to you, even if the world has not been fair to you in your upbringing, and maybe you're like Joseph who was, who was betrayed by his brothers, and, and maybe you've been stabbed in the back, and maybe you feel bitter. But I'm telling you, come on, you can't let that root of bitterness work its way down into your spine. It'll paralyze you to where you won't be able to realize the voice of God calling you, and you won't be able to realize when you're in the valley. Oh, hallelujah. 
Oh, take advantage of when Jesus is near. Take advantage and get a hold of him and say, I'm not letting go, God, until something transpires. Oh, I feel it in my spirit so strong. Amen. When I came to pray tonight for pre-service prayer, I knew it. I got confirmation that this is what I ought to be preaching. Amen. I believe that many of us are in the valley of decision. We're just too afraid to admit it. Just too afraid to say, yeah. Man, I know I'm in a point right now where things could go south or they could really go go in a good direction. But we've got to be close to God. We've got to be spiritually aware. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, some of us need to travail until something happens. Some of us need to intercede on our own behalf. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody pray right now in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, decision points. Valleys of decision. Oh, hallelujah. Someone's got to get a grip on God's hand and say, Lord, I need you to lead me in the right way out of this valley. It's dark in this valley. And there's a lot of fog in this valley. I don't know where to go. I don't know where to turn. Oh, someone needs to get a Jacob mentality. Oh, that says, oh, Lord, I know my past doesn't look too pretty. Oh, but if you could just help me now. Get me out of this mess. Get me out of this dilemma, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, come on. Maybe you've been like John Adams. Maybe you've tasted what it feels like to work your fingers to the bone. Say, I don't want that life. I don't want that direction. I don't, I don't want that way. I need something different in my life. Come on, that old way ain't going to work. Come on, that old path ain't going to work. You've got to become something new in Jesus. You've got to let God mold you and convert you into his calling. Oh, the prophet Joel, he said multitudes in the valley of decision. And the prophet Isaiah said, seek him while he may be found. And the apostle Paul said, now is the appointed time. Now is the day of salvation. And Elijah says, how long will you hold back between two opinions? Are you just going to stay in this valley wandering around? Or are you going to make a decision? Hallelujah. And I'm afraid some of us, if we don't make a decision, that day of salvation is going to become our day of ruin. A day of ruin. Hallelujah. Oh, some of us need to understand the wisdom of the Father. Come on. You see, God sees a better direction for your life. The Father, he sees, he says, no, this isn't the direction that I've planned for you. I have bigger plans for you. I have a better path for you to follow. If you just listen, even sometimes it's the still small voice in all the distractions and all the turmoil. And as it seems like in the world we're living in today, it's so hard to focus. Even with our devices that we have and all of the different things that we can become so wrapped up in. If we're not careful, amen, we just live in the distractions. 
Hallelujah. Sister Pearson, if you would come. I'm almost finished. Hallelujah. Yeah, John Adams could have made the more simple choice. The choice that was more straightforward and not as complex. Oh, I'll just be a farmer like my daddy was. I'll just fit the mold that the world has. I'll just go along with, uh, with I'm, not telling, I'm not giving you direction right now to wherever you're at in your life. That's, a, that's between God and your pastor, but amen. Maybe it's not his will that you get involved in that thing you're getting involved in. But John Adams, he made the right choice that took him down a path that many would call destiny. But really, it just came down to a choice. Hallelujah. There are many more times in his life where John Adams, I'm sure, would have to make up his mind once again. And he'd have to, he'd have to remember, oh yeah, that's right, my daddy called me. He, he knew that there was bigger plans in my life. And, and he probably had to reestablish his call in his life. But I'm telling you, there are specific moments Amen. Where we have got to take advantage of. Because if we don't, amen, the path that God may be designing for us may never materialize. Hallelujah. I know and I really believe we find ourselves devaluing decisions that we make. Devaluing the direction we're going. Because we think that our life is of no consequence. We think that our calling is insignificant. And oh my, what, what, what I'm doing is just insignificant. So therefore, it doesn't really matter. I'll just wake up today and I'll make whatever decisions I want to because it doesn't matter what direction I'm going. Oh, Hallelujah. Sometimes we think my life doesn't really play a big role in the grand scheme of things. Therefore, my decision is not momentous. And rather, it is inconsequential. Hallelujah. Just think of this. Words that someone may have said to you years ago may have hurt you and may, may still hurt you to this day. Because in the moment, whoever spoke those words to you it was not important. They just didn't even think about it. They just said it off a whim, not realizing that it was hurting you, not realizing that you would carry that weight for a long time. And I believe that's how our decisions are in our life. We're just, we're just, we think, oh, well, it doesn't matter. It's just my life is so short and irrelevant and insignificant that it doesn't matter. <laughs> but to God, it matters. To God, your soul in heaven matters. Oh, God wants to write your name in the book of life. Amen. He wants to see you in the rapture. Oh, hallelujah. But you've got to start viewing your life in a different light. Your life really does matter. Your life really does have significance. Oh, hallelujah. I'll bet that's what the prodigal thought. He thought, what a fool I've been. 
what stupid decisions I've made. It really doesn't matter. And so he just lived away his life in riotous living, making poor decision after poor decision, and life choices that were detrimental to his own livelihood to the point that he ends up in a pig's pen. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to everybody today, but I felt a burden, amen, to preach to those who feel like the prodigal. Amen. You know what prodigal means? It means wasted. They feel wasted, feel just like nothing of inconsequential and insignificant to the world that they live in. But you know what? That is what the devil was banking on. The devil was banking on, or or not in the prodigal, it's a parable. But what the devil banks on is that we never realize the importance of our life. We never realize the importance of decisions we make. Because you know what happened? When the prodigal realized that the servants in his father's house, the servants, it said that they had enough bread to spare. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus loves us. Oh, and he has plans for us. If you would stand with me tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, but we've got to come to our senses and realize that decisions we really make matter. That decision points in our life really matter. That moments are really important. Don't just choose the flashy option. Don't just choose those old things that you've gone to over and over. But pray until you get into the spirit. Pray until you get the right perspective. Pray until you get a hold of God's hand. Like Jacob. And say, I'm not letting go, God, until something happens. Oh, hallelujah. The devil, he says, yeah, look at the prodigal down there and all his mess and his failure. But let me tell you this, 1 Kings chapter 20 and 28 says this. There came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills and not of the valleys. Therefore, I will I deliver. <laughs> oh, yes. Amen. You know what? The devil gets a little too big for his own britches. And he starts trying to make trophies of hell. And he says, I wonder just how low they can go. I 